Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. Uh, today is the Wheel of Tangents. The Wheel of Tangents. I am Craig, your host. And with me, his headphones are so white, they're practically racist. It's Drew from the Inking Out Loud Podcast. Drew McCaffrey, how you doing? Oh, that's that's fresh coming from the guy in Utah. <laughs> I had nothing else. I, I literally made that up. <laughs> On the spot, I I forgot to prep any insults, and I, uh, your headphones were white, so I went with it. I could have gone like the stormtrooper route, but you know it's not as topical, mm. Drew. We're going for topical here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and to be fair, I'm from Colorado, which is equally as white as you. Possibly so. more so, honestly. But I I've spent a lot of time hanging out with you in Colorado, and I gotta say, possibly more so. Uh, yeah. Then you taught. <laughs> so, all right. Today, like I said, Wheel of Tangents episode. If there are listeners, viewers, if you're on YouTube, please go to YouTube, like, and subscribe. <laughs> uh, if there's anybody out there who is not familiar with the Wheel of Tangents, well, uh, this came about because at the Legendarium, we are, so to speak, legendary for our tangents. So, you know, we're, we're going to start on one topic and just zoom off to something else. Eventually, we just decided to uh, formalize the tangent uh the, you know on on the legendarium so we came up with this little thing you can see it if you're on youtube the the wheel of tangents so drew here's what i did i got i i i got more response from this than i do from most wheel of tangent you know uh asks i'll go on discord go to the legendarium.com check out the the discord link yes we have a very active discord and it's delightful uh, but i go on discord and i say hey we've got a, a wheel of tangents episode coming up what are some random topics you want us to address um people throw stuff out there and it's a lot of fun but today i threw a wrinkle in there and i said i i want your stupidest questions this is the wheel of tangents stupid question edition if it's not a stupid question i'm not going to count it well boy oh boy drew did I get a lot of stupid questions? So, I so with with the wheel, the wheel that I've got here, I've got eight slots on the the wheel of tangents. Uh, so I picked I, I picked eight really stupid questions, uh, and then I picked eight not not quite not quite so stupid. Those will be our backups. Okay, so if we make it through okay. eight stupid questions, we'll move on to our backups, uh, and we'll we kind of restart the wheel. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, I and I do have. Oh, yes. Okay. Good. I did save the name of everybody who submitted the question, so we'll be able to address them by name and their awful, awful, stupid questions. So before I do that, of course, like I already said, go to thelegendarium.com if you like these episodes. If you enjoy what we do, we much appreciate you even just visiting. Go visit. Check out the, the past episodes. Check out the uh, Discord link. And go to Patreon if you really like what we do here. But uh, in all honesty, I, I got to say, with Drew here, I'm going to give a more passionate plea to say, go check out Inking Out Loud and their Patreon because uh, you know they, they've actually got an active Patreon channel. Drew, you do fiction. And there's like there's stuff there uh, that is Patreon exclusive, <laughs> which we aspire to, but you actually do better than us. So people should go check that out. Yeah, I, I do monthly either short stories or excerpts from novels that I have written or am writing and uh, as well as, you know, monthly newsletter. And then we've got early access to episodes and right. Patreon exclusive episodes and all, all sometimes that sometimes they're even good. Right, Drew? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we spin the wheel? We've got eight questions. I'm not going to reveal them ahead of time. We'll just, whatever. We'll just spin. People can see whatever's facing generally up will be what we'll go with. So spin, spin the wheel, spin the wheel. Question number one from Huron fan. What sci-fi fantasy creature <laughs> do you think would taste the best? Uh, what sci-fi oh. fantasy creature do you think would taste the best? A truly stupid question, Drew. Um, and, and I'm curious if you have something off the top of your head, you look like you're deep in thought, like you're giving this too much thought. Um, I, I gotta say the, what's, I mean, what's the, the little, the, the little Babu Frick would probably be delicious, especially because everybody loves him so much. Uh, he's from the, 
Isn't he from the last Star Wars movie or something? Oh no, he's from the Mandalorian uh, or or something. Babu Frick. Uh, no, I think he's from the last. Star yeah, Wars yeah, movie. It's, from yeah. The last... it's been so long. I've only watched the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker once. But the but the know. little the little guys but, in Star Wars. There's that guy, yeah. and then the the guy in oh the porgs. Well, the porgs. Oh yeah, well, you know porgs. what? Yeah, I got to change yeah. my answer. The porgs. Those probably They're taste delicious. pretty good. What what do you got? I'm just thinking of the Minotaur. I feel like you could get a really good steak off the Minotaur. The, is that do? Are we venturing into cannibalism? With the Minotaur, because he's like part man. Oh, I'm thinking more of the cow side. <laughs> just something <laughs> off the shank. Just give me something yeah. off the shank. Is that primo filet mignon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Minotaur. Is there any uh, any other possible answer? I, what, how would dragon meat taste? Would dragon meat be too too uh, tough? Uh, are we? Or do we think they have like a I, nice I fleshy interior? So I'm trying to remember what series it is. I think it's maybe the Darkness series by Harry Turtledove, where like they actually talk about how like trying to eat dragon meat is poisonous because <laughs> like they they like they have like brimstone in their they have like sulfur in oh, their that muscles. Would make sense. Yeah, which yeah. which honestly so d- yeah. doesn't make much sense because then if the dragon has like an internal fire source, you know, this combustion within their their organs, their their throat, whatever. Wouldn't the entire oh, being don't. burst into flames if it's this kind of combustible uh sulfuric mass? So they in in the darkness series, because dragons are a fantasy analog for fighter jets in World War II, <laughs> they need fuel. Uh. And so that fuel is brimstone. That cinnabar is what they cinnabar. call it, and so the uh, dragons right. actually have to eat that in order to breathe fire, and so they like poison their own meat by eating. Oh, it. that's hilarious! <laughs> that's hilarious, and you know it's a really interesting. This series. is also this is a primo example of what we mean when we say that we tend to go on <laughs> tangents on this podcast. Uh, pick a pick a line of thought and just run with it. Uh, so, Drew, are you ready? Shall, shall we spin again, or do you have anything else on that one? Hmm. I'll just add in. I think a Quarren from Star Wars would be make some great sushi. Oh, those are the squid guys, right? Yeah, yeah. They they yep. live on the planet. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Cal- uh, Mon, Mon, Mon Calamari. calamari. Uh, so you would yeah, say not squid. the not the calamari <laughs> because uh, you know you like them, but you'll go with their neighbors, the Quarren. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Fair enough. All right. Wheel of Tangents. Turn, turn, turn. Let's see what we got. Last time we had number one. Now it's number four. Number four comes from Cody. It's C-O-D-Y question mark Cody, who asks, is second breakfast just brunch? What a stupid, what a stupid question. This is such a, and part of the challenge here, Drew, the part of the challenge is to take this seriously to some degree. Okay, so... That is that is, I gave them the challenge to come up with stupid questions. They really came through. Our challenge is to take this somewhat seriously. Is second breakfast just brunch? To which I you're shaking I your head. So. I say yes, but why do you say no? Hobbits don't have mimosas. Is a mimosa necessary for brunch? Because I got to say, there are a lot of Mormon ladies around here where I live who go to brunch <laughs> and do not drink mimosas. <laughs> Well, they're just missing out on part of the brunch. They're experience. just eating second breakfast. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think either I think you need an alcoholic beverage to make it really. Brunch. Otherwise, it's just second. Oh, breakfast. interesting. I'm I'm putting my foot down. I am defining. Okay. It. All right. How do we feel like hobbits <laughs> would think about this second breakfast? Um, uh, I I did discover that elevensies is a real thing. You know, so there's second there's breakfast, second breakfast, and elevensies, um, and. That's got to be a tea. Focused I, thing, I would right? assume so, but uh, but one could say like, okay, so elevensies would be brunch, uh, and second breakfast is not a real thing in England. Um, so you look like you're looking something up. Oh my gosh, I am looking up elevensies. You are taking a short break, taken around eleven a.m. to consume a drink or snack. <laughs> there you go. So so there's your brunch, um, and it. So uh, okay, on Wikipedia. They have a series on meals. Oh, boy. And in the order, it goes breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies, and then brunch. And then brunch. Straight up, F off Wikipedia. <laughs> that is dumb. That is really stupid. Elevensies and then brunch. No, 
no, no. Uh, okay, is second breakfast just brunch? I say yes. I say it's a it's a cuter version of brunch, uh, perhaps without alcohol, but that doesn't make it not brunch. You know, it's if you want to call your brunch second breakfast because you don't want to get messed up for the rest of your workday, that's fine. That's fine. It's still it's second breakfast or it's it's brunch, whatever. Uh, all right, let's uh, wheel of tangents. Turn, turn, turn. We've done one and four. I need to like mark these off somehow. Uh, okay, what are we at? Uh, number. Th- Three, number three. Okay, on, number three. three. Again from Cody. Oh, another one from Cody. If Batman was in Middle Earth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be coughing because I'm still getting over a sickness. Uh, but if Batman was in Middle Earth, would he have taken the ring to Mount Doom by himself? This is a- an insanely stupid question, but I partly like it, Drew, because... Uh, okay, so again, let me just say it again if batman was in middle earth would he have taken the ring to mount doom by himself the question is not would he have succeeded would he have murdered sauron by himself would he have you know like could he have pulled the entire operation off you know the question is would he have taken the ring to mount doom by himself and my answer to that is unquestionably yes he would have, uh, you know, kind of taken over he the... Would have skipped out on the fellowship. Oh, yeah. He would have taken over the whole operation. He would have elbowed Elrond right out of the way, <laughs> grabbed the ring and said, yeah, I've, I've got this. I'm on my way. But uh, it, we can talk about the success, but but would it, is my read of Batman correct? And and if so, why? Yes. I, I, don't, I don't think I know Batman well <laughs> enough to comment in depth on this but i'll i'll say yes i'll i'll say you're right he would he would go solo yeah he would and here's here's part of the question and and, okay again we're taking this way too seriously because that's our job this is a stupid question um but we're going to take it seriously my question i i have some follow-ups on this which would be uh if batman were in middle earth has he been there the whole time uh is there is there a resident elf or human who has taken up the mantle of the Batman? Or is this a situation where he invented some technology and Fox kind of like dropped him off in Middle Earth and was like, all right, here you go. If if that's the case, if it's Bruce Wayne in Middle Earth, does Bruce Wayne have support from Alfred and Fox and, you know, what, whatever, from Robin? Uh, ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, does he have support from anybody else? Or... Is it the kind of thing where it's like, all right, your mission, Bruce, should you choose to accept it, is to drop into Middle Earth. You hit, you get these resources and no others. So it's not like you can call up the Batwing at any moment and just drop it in the fire, right? Um, anyway, so there, there are... This, this question, stupid though it may be, Drew, is just ripe for some really, 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 and I mean truly horrific fan fiction. Right. Oh God. And I'm counting on you to write this. I mean, I'm I'm just well, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about uh, some ridiculous situation in which the Batman would run into Sauron during the first stage when Sauron was in his vampire phase, Ooh. and we got Batman versus Batman. Bat, a literal bat dash man. Yeah. Well, bat, bat god, bat myar versus Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how that one goes. Um, at, at the same time, though, I got to say, uh, again, taking this way too seriously, uh, there's the whole Arthur C. Clarke thing. You know, uh, any technology sufficiently advanced sufficiently is indistinguishable yeah. from magic. And this is uh, this is something that Tolkien kind of gets at uh, in an oblique way with how he talks about magic when uh, the Fellowship is in Lothlorien. Um, and Galadriel is like, I, I don't know what you mean by the word magic. Uh, you know, we have our arts, uh, but then the enemy has their arts, uh, and that, that art is, you know, is kind of technology and, uh, uh, you know, machines and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so with that in mind, Batman shows up and if he's got his fully functional tool belt, you know, set aside the Batmobile and all that stuff. If he's got a, a sufficient amount of his technology, it would be indistinguishable from magic to these denizens of Middle Earth. So he might be able to pull it off. Um, I, I 
Just just saying. Okay. How's that for taking it seriously? Perfect. Yes. Yeah? All right. Perfect. Well, good. I, I, yeah. I, I I just I want somebody, not me, to write this uh, Sauron versus Batman. You know. Uh, dang it! What was the, the Isle of Werewolves in, in the Silmarillion? In, uh, Baron yes. and Luthien. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I want to see Batman fan fiction of Batman going to the Isle. Yes. Of no. Absolutely. Yeah. Swap out um, uh, Finrod for. Was it? It was Perfect. a Finrod. Yeah, Finrod. Swap out Finrod for Batman and see what happens and see how, like how much shorter the chapter gets. Um, I'm Finrod. Uh, I, I I don't see anything wrong with this. And I'm going to go ahead and say if anybody can if anybody can actually write a compelling two to three pages worth of fan fiction around this, I will get it posted on Drew's Patreon page um, and maybe mine too. May, may, yeah, maybe mine too. Uh, I, I don't see any downside to this and whoever does it, I here's okay. Drew. No, this is, this is a real thing. Okay. That was, I was being facetious, okay. but if anybody can come up with an actual compelling, uh, three page fan fiction for Batman swapped in to the Silmarillion in that or any other scene, I will give them access to our Patreon page for two months at no charge. I'll find a way to do this. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I'm sure there's a way to gift it. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. So they'll, they'll get whatever, yeah, whatever perks there are, you're going to get it. Okay. So I really want this. I really do. Yeah. All right, Drew. <laughs> I love it. So spin, spin. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. I'll, I'll join you in solidarity. I'll give them access to our okay, Patreon. Cool. All right. We'll, at, at the top level. <laughs> Wheel of Tan- there you go. Wheel of Tangents. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. That's a, that's a five. five. Number five. From the solution, S-O-U-L, solution. Who would you rather have? <laughs> this is, oh, wow. I really did find the cream of the crop as far as stupid questions, Drew. <laughs> Who would you rather have pick your nose, Smeagol or the Joker? Smeagol. Why? I'm not letting the Joker anywhere near <laughs> my face. <laughs> I, I agree. I have my own reasoning. I want you to go on, though. That's uh, do I need to go on? That's how you end up mutilated. It, but people might say the same thing about Smeagol. The reason, because I had the exact same, I, I had the exact same uh, initial reaction, and my uh, my response would be, look, Smeagol is he is single minded in his obsession. He wants one thing, and that is the precious. Um, and right. so when he uh, like if if you let him, if you're like Smeagol, I need you to pick my nose. You know, my my hands are tied or whatever. I I need you to pick my nose. This is very important. If the ring isn't up there, you're gonna probably be okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't be nervous. I'm just saying you're probably gonna be okay. The Joker is like his whole worldview is chaos. He wants chaos. He doesn't actually right. have an ideology. He doesn't have a focus. All he wants is chaos. And so he would love nothing more than to see what would happen if he could rip your nostril in half. Uh, and that should make... Yeah, or or he'll pick your nose with a pencil into There you your go. Brain. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's a pretty easy answer, <laughs> uh, but it's still an appropriately stupid question. Yeah. Now, wheel of tangents. <laughs> turn, turn, turn. Here we go. I don't... I don't think my mic is picking this up. It's been all low numbers so what's far. What's all over the place? Well, that's kind of the point of these Wheel of Tangents episodes, Drew. No, it's been all low numbers. Oh, low numbers. Oh, yeah. We haven't had six, seven, or eight. Yeah. Which And we just rolled a two. Which holds true because <laughs> we just rolled a two. Jedi of Christ, which is a name that I, I feel like we could go off on a tangent just on the name Jedi of Christ <laughs> um, and have, you know, a solid 15 minutes on just, you know, what, what that means you know this would be much like dropping batman into middle earth like what if you could drop obi-wan kenobi into you know the the first century ad um you know palestine uh yeah that's great stuff really great stuff i'm not giving any prizes for that one though so uh okay jedi of christ (laughs) asks how can you tell that brandon sanderson is a real human and not a robot So, Drew, this is this is time for our we we have to do the full disclosure thing. Drew, 
you are a beta reader for Brandon Sanderson. And so I should also disclose that I am kind of a beta reader for Brandon Sanderson as well. (laughs) Not for as long as you have been. Craig's Craig's a a, a relatively new to the team. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I also don't spend nearly as much time in the beta chat as uh, many others. You've done what? Two? two Yeah. A couple. couple You did uh, Lost Metal and and one of the secret projects. Uh, So anyway, all, all that being said... I, I guess it's it's uh, full disclosure. Yes, we we have some you know experience with the Brando Sando, um, not not just reading his stuff, but also in person. Uh, so that that's all fine. Uh, but also, I, I, it lends us a little bit of legitimacy to answer the question: How do we know that he's not a robot, Drew? How do you know yeah, that Brando I mean, Sando is not a robot? Have you seen that bathroom <laughs> in the lair? I I. Just want you to stop there and let people imagine what Brandon does to destroy a bathroom. Like, like a robot could never leave that kind of destruction in a bathroom. I thought that's what you were going for at first. I really, I really did. Uh, I, no, I've, I've actually. Oh no, that's a lie. I've, I've been in the lair once since that. The lair, you'll have to tell people what the lair. No, is. it's just a very luxurious bathroom, and a robot would need that. Would not need that kind of luxury. But a, a robot is going to—a uh, robot will uh, provide for their human minions. Um, the, the- uh, but this is this is Brandon's bathroom, like in the lair next to his writing office. Isn't there? There's only one bathroom in the lair, isn't there? <laughs> let let me let okay, me. Okay, all right. Credit. Sorry, sorry. You're you're going. Yeah. Okay. I was no. going for realism here. Right. Uh, no, yeah, it's true. No, it is yeah, right you, next to his uh, desk. That is true. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> which is hilarious that uh, that he designed his lair so that he sat yeah, right next like, to the John. Um, uh, a kitchen and a shower and and yeah, it's the whole thing is ridiculous. Oh, it's, it, in the most delightful way. Yes, no, absolutely. Uh, how yeah. how do we know that Brandon Sanderson is real human and not a robot? You say the bathroom. Um, I say, I say, I say we can't know. With like. You, there, there is no. Whoa. I, I say there is no solid, scientific, provable from a distance uh, evidence that Brandon is not a robot. I don't think you can tell. Well, we may have some evidence that he is a robot, What's that? Uh, or at least an android of some sort, and that is the ice bucket challenge. Oh, he did. okay. What? Okay, go on. Go on. Uh, basically, he was, you know, out on his patio grading papers or something like that, and and Peter came up behind him and dumped the ice bucket on him, and he did not flinch. That's and Peter that's turned robot, to the that camera is... and said something like "Sanderbot, uh, Sanderbot five thousand waterproofing test run successful." <laughs> and I feel like that's a, a data point in favor of him oh, being in a favor robot. of him being a robot. Okay, yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I was going to say a robot would be smart <laughs> enough to flinch thereby uh, preserving their cover <laughs> as a human. Um, that's, that's, uh, yeah, no, I, I think what, what, what this person, what uh, the solution, oh no, that wasn't the solution. This is Jedi of Christ. Uh, what they're driving yes. at is how does he write so much? Um, I will say taking this, this question seriously, how do we know that he's not a, a robot? I will say um, name any other popular author, any other. Okay, could could be anybody. Could be George Martin, Pat Rothfuss. Could be um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, Jim Butcher, you know, whatever. Anybody who you know sells just a stupid amount of sci-fi fantasy novels. Okay, that person does not have the team around them that Brandon has built. Um, and that that is this isn't to say this isn't to say that Brandon's work isn't his own. Obviously, that's not the case. Um, but he does have a support staff that is able to take off of his plate a lot of the peripheral stuff that comes along with being an author um, that allows him yeah. to write for, you know, an average of what is it, four to six hours a day, every single day, his entire life. Um, so that's how we know that he's not a robot. I wish. Because it, it, seems, it seems like he shouldn't be able to accomplish this because no other authors seem to be able to accomplish what he does, but he's able to do it because of his support staff, all of whom, with the possible exception of Peter, are probably human. (laughs) There you go. 
I, I like that caveat there. <laughs> so, Peter, hi, Peter. I hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Drew, here we go. Wheel of Tangents, turn, turn, turn. All right, we need a, a six, seven, or eight, Drew. Let's see what fate has rolled up for us here. Uh, it's, oh my gosh, it's a seven. Would you believe it? <laughs> Murph, 1976. Do you think that's the name of, or the, the date of their birth, or the date of their marriage, or maybe just their favorite year in history? Like, I, I really enjoyed these. Big fan of the Bicentennial. Yeah, there you go. Yes, big fan of Bicentennial. Maybe big fan of, uh, of it, like, the, the self-titled Boston album. Um, just, yeah, 1976. <laughs> what a year. Asks, what would be your own unique offensive spell in the style of Harry Potter? The whole spell, not just the name. What would be your own unique offensive spell? spell um i'll tell you i'll tell you what mine would be uh are you, are you ready for mine mine right, mine would right. be sarcasticus and and they're they're unable to perceive anything in a literal way the the way that it's presented to them and so oh, it's no. it's a bit like a confundus charm uh but it's a sarcasticus charm so sarcasticus and uh and and they they can no longer perceive the literal world there there's my there's my offensive spell that's way better than anything i'll be able to come up with here <laughs> do you care to venture a guess or should we spin the wheel again i i was like the first thing i thought of was you know, like how she bases it on latin right like, yeah. latin and and i <laughs> like all the latin i know is from being uh, there you go. oh yes oh we could come up with some good stuff there drew oh tap into that catholic school 12 year old rebellious screw you sister i do what i want drew yeah give me five seconds i'm spinning i'm currently spinning the wheel so if you don't come up with something i'm skipping you all right the only latin that's like jumping to my mind is is Unused day, Lamb of God. Oh, <laughs> like, we could come up with something real horrible with that. So maybe we should skip that. A plague of lambs. Unusio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, oh my gosh, you could come up. So, like you could You're do some really horrific with stuff sheep. where you you use. What would the charm be? Like what would the curse be? What you know? How would you cast it? But when you do, it turns their insides into wool. So it's instant death, but also in like a fluffy and gruesome way. Uh, it's like coming out. From, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's coming out around their eyeballs. It's like this fluff is coming out, coming out their ears, and like, and it's just, it's kind of. This is just reminding me of Conker's Bad Fur Day when you like you shoot one of the teddies, <laughs> and instead of like blood spurting out, it's like fluff. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. I think this this is this is right and proper. Uh, Neither of those things. Okay, wheel of tangents. Turn, turn, turn. We need a six or an eight. Oh my gosh, it's a six. How about that? Drew, <laughs> got a question for you from Huron Fan. Who, all right, okay. Huron Fan asks a lot of dumb questions on Discord. Ha ha ha, just kidding, Huron. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, with some members of our Discord, they've been around so long that I feel like I can mess with them in much the same way that I mess with other members of the panel, which is probably not appropriate, but I still feel like I can. Uh, and so I do. Um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, so Huron fan asks, what does the milk from the last Jedi taste like? Oh, it's gotta be sweet. It's gotta be like sweet and maybe just faintly fruity. Like, like, uh, Mm. Like maybe it tastes like a really a really tame blueberry yogurt. Hmm. I'm I I okay. That's that's fair. That's defensible. But I disagree. And now I want to drink milk that tastes like that. <laughs> Let me show you why I disagree. Okay, because those on on YouTube, I'm just drinking water right now because I I need it at the moment. Uh, but those on YouTube will see the face that Luke m makes when he drinks the milk. Okay, so he's milking the weirdo thing. Uh, on his planet, and then he drinks it. Uh, and he goes like this. Uh, and he gets this look on his face. Like, oof. Yeah, that's the stuff. 
that leads me to believe that it's really bitter, very acidic, and very bitter. Uh, so I'm I'm going with um, I'm going with fermented grapefruit on this one. It tastes like fermented grapefruit. Drew, you're looking something up. Fermented grapefruit. Yeah. I am. I am looking it up. Oh, is there an actual answer to this? Of what what he's drinking? Oh yeah, I totally I totally forgot about about that little grimace. On yeah, it. yeah, no, yeah. He does huh. he does the grimace again. I've only seen the last Jedi once, that's, so that was many again years ago right now. and proper. Mm. That's as many times as it takes. That's true. This that's, is that's as many times as it takes to know that it's terrible. Like I was definitely thinking about the blue milk from A New Hope, oh. which. Which is supposed they do to not be have I, that problem. I feel like they But Hurin Fan did specifically say the last yes. Jedi. Yeah. I it, mm. it it felt like that was supposed to be a callback. Like, oh, he's drinking the blue milk, just like in it just like on his desert planet of Tatooine, where they what do they import this stuff? Like then everybody knows about this planet. They have a raging blue milk trade going on. This you know, it, it made no sense. I gosh, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> Drew, it's it's hard for me to express how much I hate the Last Jedi. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it, as it, that being the case, maybe we should just leave this behind. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, you know, we, I guess, Drew, do you have anything else on that? I'll close my tab on Eleven Z's as well. No, uh, I, I think you're probably right. Just based on reviewing that segment of the movie, it it does look like it has a um a harsh taste to it. So like fermented grapefruit, I can see. Yeah, yeah. I so I've rated a lot of beers on Untapped Drew, um, about about six hundred of them, and only one of them have I ever given uh, like a, a zero to, like zero stars. And it was in fact a grapefruit beer that was so horrifically bad um, that that I, I couldn't help but but give it that. So. Apparently, I the worst rating I've given a beer on Untapped was a zero point five. Okay, yeah, this one I, I I don't I think I gave it a zero point two five because I did finish it, but I wasn't happy about it. Okay, Drew. Yeah, zero point two five is the lowest they go. Uh, I'm you know what? Oh, holy smokes! It, it, I don't know if that that might have crossed to a one, but we basically rolled an eight anyway, which is fine because that's the last number that we have to do on our stupidest of the stupid um, list here. This one again, wow, again, Drew from Huron Fan. Give us a terrible epilogue in the style of the Harry Potter epilogue for a book you love. Okay, Drew, I want you to think about the books you love the most, all of which are by Gene Wolfe. Uh, it's funny, I did immediately think of Book of the New Of Sun course here. you did. Of course you did, Drew. Um, also, The Black Company, though, I think you could. I think you could come up with a really terrible 19 years later black company epilogue. Was it, is it 19 years later in, in Harry Potter? It's, uh, yeah. You know, this yeah. is, I, I should pause while we're thinking of our, our actual true answers. For those who don't know, there was a, an epilogue to the Lord of the Rings. Um, Tolkien had an epilogue that he was going to include and his publisher talked him out of it. Uh, you know, I'm sure partly because, mm. Hey, Ronald, we've got plenty of endings already. Thank you. Um, but also <laughs> partly because, yeah, it would have it would have thrown things off quite a bit. The epilogue, so you know, Frodo sails to the west, and Sam is the mayor of the Shire forever, basically. Uh, Merry and Pippin are doing their Merry and Pippin thing, you know, still in the Shire. Uh, and Aragorn, now king of both Gondor and Arnor, he um, he he sends out this royal decree, an edict that says that no. Nobody except hobbits. So no dwarves, no humans, no elves, no orcs, no nothing. Nobody is allowed in the Shire except for the hobbits. Okay. <clears throat> and so years and years later, after Frodo has departed and gone into the West, Aragorn makes a visit to the Shire, but he's not allowed to go in because, you know, he's, he's bound by his own law. He can't go in. So he goes to the Brandywine Bridge. Um, and meets Sam and his family on the Brandywine Bridge. So he doesn't actually cross into the Shire. But they, they hang out for a bit on the Brandywine Bridge. There's a, a letter that he wrote inviting Sam and his family to be there. Uh, Tolkien wrote the letter out in uh, uh, in uh, Tengwar. And 
It, oh my you can gosh. get it. I, I showed this in one of my YouTube videos. Like and subscribe. I showed the loose leaf version of this that they put in one of the premium versions of the Lord of the Rings that came out uh, earlier this year, maybe last year. Um, and so anyway, so it's this it's this whole prologue. And it's it's in a way it's adorable. You know, Aragorn is meeting little baby Eleanor and, um, you know, it's talking with Sam again. It's It's kind of nice. But at the same time, it's like, do we really? Thank you. Thank you, editor. Thank you, someone, for finally saying no, Ronald. No, we don't need this. Don't need it. All right. What would you do with your Gene Wolfe, Drew? I feel like. And no spoilers, by the way, for anybody who's. Uh, So that's that's what's making this really hard (laughs) is not spoiling this. Um. So, like, Book of the New Sun is also tough because he already sort of wrote a, like, a coda for it in Earth of the New Sun. Mm, okay. So, I'm actually, like, leaning more toward the Black Company mm. on this. And maybe maybe it's, like, <laughs> uh, you know, 500 years later and the Black Company is, is like, just some consulting <laughs> firm at this point. And <laughs> that, that's pretty good. They've got offices... They got offices all over the continent, and uh, and yeah, they're just consultants. That, that is pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, consultants in what? What? So for those who haven't read it, they're mercenaries, right? Yes, they're mercenaries. So I don't, I don't know uh, they, if we can get a ton more specific than that without you know getting into the story stuff. Yeah, like I have an idea. Um, I have an idea of what they would be consultants in specifically, but. Going there would okay, be a spoiler right. for some of the we'll, later books. We'll leave it there. So. I, I will say this. Yeah. Okay, so how about Pradane? Okay, the Pradane Chronicles, Lloyd Alexander, the Book of Three, the Black Cauldron, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we covered this on the okay. show within the last year or so. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of spoiling this 50-year-old series for kids, you know. And so I, I guess if you're worried about it, skip ahead for two minutes, whatever. Um, but the the you've got Taryn, the assistant pig keeper. Um, and he goes on five books worth of adventures only to find out that he is, in fact, the long lost prince. Or, well, I guess he's not the prince, but wh- whatever. He be- he becomes the high king of all of Perdane. Congratulations. There's much rejoicing. Um, and he has Ilanwi, his queen, and, and all this stuff. But unlike with an adult fairy tale in the way the Lord of the Rings is, you know, you get to the end of the Lord of the Rings, the story ends, it's over. And then you get like the scouring of the Shire and all the stuff with Sharky and, and all this. Tolkien's whole point with that is that evil never actually dies. You have to keep vigilant watch, you know, even in the quietest corners of the earth, whatever. Uh, Perdane makes no such um, ending. It's basically just everybody lived happily ever after. Okay, with that in mind, I want, uh, you know... a. 11 years later, 13 years later, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> whatever Harry Potter was. Uh, 19. What was it? 18? 19. 19. It was 19 years 19. later. It took him that long yeah. to knock up Ginny? Jeez. Um, what, whatever it was. Anyway, so 19 years later, evil has been vanquished from the land, and now Taron, his, like, the only thing that he has to do is to... Uh, is to solve disputes like he did in the second book between two neighboring lords and who owns this cow. Uh, and that is the extent of his kingship. It's boring. It's mundane. It's not worthy of any songs or stories. There's nothing about it that's interesting or adventurous. He's just like, no, just shut up about the cow. Just please, everybody shut up about the cow. I'm sick and tired of this. I all I want to do is go back and hang out with Smoit and feast, uh, you know. Anyway, that's that's what I, I if I wanted a horrendous, terrible epilogue in the style of uh, Harry Potter, that would be what it would what I'd go with. All right, that's solid. So there we. That's good, Drew. That was uh, that was eight terrible questions. Uh, sorry, stupid questions. Stupid question edition of the Wheel of Tangents. I do have eight slightly less stupid questions. Um. Would, would do you do you care for them? Do you want to call it quits here? Fire away. Or are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, he wants. I was to... born ready. Boy, all right. I'm probably not. Glutton, ready. glutton for punishment is Drew over here. Okay, okay. Wheel of tangents. Turn, turn, turn. We have okay. A fresh one through eight. 
This time we're going to start with number three from Lady Sweden. Lady Sweden says, if you could have Kate Blanchett in her most Galadriel voice narrate a moment of your life and make it glorious slash epic, what would you choose? Ooh. Drew, is yours going to be hockey related? It might yeah, be hockey related. Yeah. What What would it be? Do you, do you have something off the top of your head? I, I have mine. Uh, you you go you go first. I'm I'm considering a couple different things. My here. if I could um if I could so we're going with kind of the prologue of the Fellowship of the Ring, right? That's when she does her her most epic Galadriel voice narration. Oh, I'm thinking of her like uh in the trance, considering what would happen oh, if she had you, the ring. You shall not have a Dark Lord. You shall have a queen. No, yeah. no, I'm thinking of so this is. This is narrating a moment of your life, which I guess that fits. She could narrate uh, it like yeah, that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, your your hockey moments. No, I I want a story told in the style of the Fellowship of the Ring prologue, um, and the story that I want told is how I snuck my girlfriend out of the house when I was seventeen at three o'clock in the morning and outsmarted my mother. Um, and, and got my girlfriend out of the house right under her nose. Um, it was, it's not a story that I feel like I have the time. I, I'm pretty sure I've told it in most of its detail on the show elsewhere. Uh, but I, I don't have the time to tell it here, but believe me when I tell you it is, uh, it, it is one of my finest moments. Um, and I, I, I think that story would benefit great, greatly from a prologue to the fellowship of the ring treatment. So that's that's what I'm going with. All right, <laughs> I, I <laughs> beat that, Drew. <laughs> I don't know if I could beat that. Uh, like, <laughs> part of me wants to go in a completely different direction and and have her do uh, narrate my best man's speech at my wedding. I love it. uh, When he talked about how, when we were like eight years old, he, uh, we were driving up to Estes park in the Rocky mountains and he got car sick all over me. (laughs) Is this like at the bachelor party? This was at at the the wedding. wedding. This was his best man's speech. (laughs) It's all right. I got him back. I was his best man and I got him back. Did you puke on him? No, no, my speech. I, I embarrassed oh, well, him. Unless you, I mean, he embarrassed himself. I wasn't the one who got crushed. <laughs> but no, like it, it was, it was this. Just like I still have it burned into my head, where he was sitting in the middle in the back seat, and I was, you know, on the door, and he turned to me and he was like, "Drew, I don't feel good." And he had like his hands covering his mouth, but he had like a twenty dollar bill held between two of his <laughs> fingers, and and I was like, "You're, you're." like trying to trick me because like otherwise you would you would have dropped the cash oh, and then he was not tricking me. oh man that is that is rough that is rough. Yeah, uh, yeah okay that would be a good one i you know i kind of feel like we should just back up and say you know have galadriel give your best man speech or your your maid of honor speech. i mean th- that's great that would be a great yeah. moment to do it um, I did get a, oh, a yeah. note, uh, by the way, for anybody who wants more Patreon perks, we don't do this with every episode, but sometimes when we do these remote episodes, I'll put up a link so that people can watch us, uh, film them live. Um, and we do have a few people watching and little red book says, stop teasing us with that story, Craig. <laughs> so, well, not today. <laughs> I'm not going to stop teasing you one day. I'll tell the whole story front to back. It just, it never quite seems to fit on a sci-fi fantasy podcast. If, if the right. wheel of tangents ever says, you know, if somebody ever submits, tell us the question of sneaking your girlfriend out of the house. I'll give you a good eight minutes on just sneaking her out. All right, Drew. Here we go. That was uh, that was number three. Thank you, Lady Sweden, for the terrible, but not that terrible question. Uh, number one, Huron fan asks, how many Star Wars movies do you have to like to be a Star Wars fan? Again, Yeah, how many do you have to like to be a Star Wars fan? Again, it's a stupid question. Don't get me wrong. But it's not that stupid. It could be stupider, right? So that's why this one goes on the... It's like the B B team of stupid questions. 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with four, Drew. I'm going to go with four. If you don't like four movies, are they four specific? No, movies they are not four. They are not four general. specific movies. I, I just I think four generally speaking. So it could be like the three originals plus one of the prequels. It could be three originals plus what was the the war one that came out? Rogue One that came out uh, somewhat recently. You know, it, so you can pick your own. Uh, if you, I, I think depending on which four you choose, kind of determines what kind of Star Wars fan you are and how much respect you are due. Uh, from real Star Wars fans. Uh, <laughs> but you can still call yourself a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Let's see. There are, what, 9, 10, 11 total I have no idea, man. Star Wars You're asking movies. the wrong guy at this point. 12 if you count the Clone Wars animated movie. Okay. Right? Sure. There are only two Star Wars stories so far, right? Rogue One and, and Solo. Uh, they, they scrapped the other uh, ones. They made Kenobi a TV oh, series. True. Yes, I know that's yeah. true. They scrapped the Rogue Squadron movie for next year, which is a travesty. Oh, that's right. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe not. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, you say three. Okay. I'll say you have to like three. So movies. you could, so you could just say the original trilogy, and then you're done. I hate everything else, but I'm still a Star Wars fan. But I say that because the expanded universe exists, Ooh. and you could be a Star Wars fan. True. True. I guess I'm I'm trying to keep myself to the world of the the films, such as they I are. I am physically incapable of doing. Yeah, <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. As as a tremendous expanded universe fan. Yeah, it's you, although at this point you have to call yourself a legends fan, right? No. <laughs> expanded universe. <laughs> All right. I refuse to buy into that garbage branding. Oh man, I Drew. <laughs> Fight me, we're Disney. not gonna get, we're not gonna get stuck on this. Okay, I'm moving on because I agree with you. Here we go. All right, wheel of tangents. Turn, turn, turn. We got a number four. Number four from Murph1976, who comes in again with this one. What is your great question of life, the universe, and everything? Given that the answer is 42, do you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide? Okay, no. I, I, I've seen the. Movie. I read it. A, I'm aware of what this. Thing right. is this particular it's basically just a meme bit of pop culture right. it's just a meme yeah um but yeah i i read it a million is, years ago and I, I have no idea what like i i have to read it again to have any idea about the story of it uh the question is what is your great question of life the universe and everything given that the answer is 42 um I don't know. <laughs> who is the most the most pivotal character of the 20th century this of course would be baloney but the answer would be 42 which would be jackie robinson the integration of uh of black players into major league baseball uh, which changed the course of everything forever um and you know his number has since been retired so now nobody can play with 42 because it's such a powerful number it is the answer to life the universe and everything jackie robinson 42 changed it all there you go drew that's the best i got yeah that's better than let's just okay. go with that. all right fair I'm enough not, all right here. we looked at this turn 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 uh that one honestly that one could have made the top eight but uh but yeah what, whatever yeah there were some other ones i had to put in there uh number five from joff woo our old pal joff woo maybe not dumb enough joff woo says but if you could give a lightsaber to one character in all of fantasy literature, who would you give it to? I'd say, I'd say, thank you, Jafu. An appropriately stupid question. Maybe not as stupid as it could have been. I, I kind of love this I, exactly, question. exactly. It's a, it's lovable, <laughs> which means it's not as stupid as it could have been. But that doesn't mean it's not a That's stupid true. question. So, so I think it, it's perfect for an episode like this. Uh, what? Who would you give a lightsaber to? I'm, and don't say Frodo because that's dumb. No, I'm going to give a lightsaber to Kane. To Kane. Oh, from yeah. the Acts of Cain by Matthew Stover. Yeah, Matthew Woodring Stover, according to the horrendous cover that I've got uh, for that, <laughs> that initial book, Heroes Die. I think Kane with a lightsaber would be 
endlessly so for those who did not listen to the episode which is a travesty because it was a great episode uh we had yeah we had scott lynch on um and he on an author shelf episode and he selected that book heroes die by matt stover to read um and we read it it was amazing i loved it drew you were on that episode uh because you're such a huge fan of those books and the whole concept is kind of a it's an alternate reality uh people people pay to view others actors enter an alternate reality as assassins and warriors and magicians and whatnot wizards and um, and so kane is an assassin uh, with all sorts of amazing kung fu skills basically and if you gave him a lightsaber it would be game over for everybody in that entire world so screw you baron (laughs) (laughs) there you go exactly uh i I, yeah i don't know that's i feel like that answer is taking the question a little too seriously uh but I, i i but i don't know i don't know who i would give it to i'm looking i'm gonna look over at my shelf who else do i have oh you know what it might be really fun I can't remember his name off the top of my head and people are going to be yelling at me um, maybe in the chat or maybe just into their, uh, their earbuds after this airs. But the guy who the, the, um, the captain of the guard in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, um, who's this kind of like in, in many books, he's kind of this like inept bumbling captain of the guard and others. He's, you know, he's, he's more of a main character. Um, But if you gave him a lightsaber, it would change the dynamic of Discworld in hilarious ways, and it would turn what is already some of the funniest books I've ever read into uh, an unstoppable comedic juggernaut. So there you go. Kiptan says Vimes. Vi- oh yeah, that, thank you, Captain Vimes. Yes, thank you, Kiptan. Appreciate it. Um, I, th- I think it's Captain Vimes. It might be something else. Anyway, so yeah, there. That's the best I can come up with. Uh, all right. So here we go. We've got a few more, Drew. I, I need to get around to reading. Oh, Pratchett. I can't believe you haven't read any yet. Have you really not read any? Yeah, I it's have not. A, honest. It's one of those that's been on my to be read list for forever, and I just have so many different authors that I haven't gotten around. It's to It's an yet. easy one to skip, uh, you know, because because he has died, and because um, Discworld has kind of been. Uh, uh, it, it has achieved classic status early enough, you know, like far enough ago that it's like, oh, you know, yeah, I'll, but I'll get to it when I get to it. it there's not the urgency right. of, you know, something that's a little more contemporary these days. Yeah, being being part of the zeitgeist, right. the fantasy. That being said, you know. it, so I that the whole point of that is just I get it. I understand because I I share that to a certain extent. I haven't read all of them, uh, but I would say make a couple a priority you know going postal i the believe i'm going to start with guards yeah. guards um little red book says read hogfather for christmas drew so there you go all right here we go let's uh do a couple more uh what do we need we need oh my gosh a six how about that a six who are in fan says <laughs> drew i'm not sure if you're ready for this one say oh, a boy. nice thing about your co-host but it's a lie. Also say something mean about your co-host, but it's also a lie. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, this, so let me, let me peel back the curtain a little bit. I sent these ahead to Drew so that he could have a chance to, you know, come up with, you know, interesting or funny answers. Um, but I didn't come up with one for this one. I was like, I, I, it's like, I don't know. We're not going to land on that anyway, so I'm not going to prepare something. And I will admit that I was a little busy playing StarCraft and did not prepare <laughs> my answers very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Something, say a nice thing about you, Drew, but it's a lie. Um, both, both things are lies. Yeah, no, Drew, right? speaking of StarCraft, actually, Drew, you are you are a tremendous StarCraft player just lights out it's it shocks me honestly it shocks me that you're not on the pro circuit um at this point in your life um i, I can't believe i can't believe it it's just like i said tremendous tremendous you know it's it, it was it was a career choice you know i 
<laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Something something not nice about you. Something mean about my co-host here, Drew. Um, something mean about Drew uh is that um I I've never I've never met anybody who so easily repels everybody that they meet. Just you know, that there's never a person that Drew has met that hasn't walked away going, What the f was that guy? Uh, so there you go. That that's you in a nutshell, Drew. You're a terrible StarCraft player, and uh, no, you're a great StarCraft player with terrible interpersonal skills. There you go. There you go. Mm. Good luck. Okay, what wow. you got? I, this no pressure because um, oh. it's only me. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I would have done if Ryan had been on. <laughs> like, I don't know Ryan well enough to, to go. To it's go all right. Here. Don't worry. I, I would have had you covered there for sure. I could have come up with like five on the spot. So, uh, A nice thing that's a lie and a mean thing that's a we lie. Can, we can skip it, Drew. If oh you don't want to do this one, if you don't want to do it, we skip it. Okay. These. I'm just having a hard time thinking of something. Here, I'll 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 uh, wind yeah, this back is, to it. When we get to bit. the end of the episode, which is in approximately a minute, that'll be your final thought. We'll we'll let that be your final thought. Oh dang it! But we'll uh, <laughs> okay. start thinking because I'm gonna we, you know wheel of tangents turn turn turn. Here we only have a couple more left to use, and we're going with number two from Nats. Nats is a relative newcomer to the uh, Discord server, so Nats, thank you very much for submitting some truly stupid questions i much appreciate them and this one is should fantasy books be reinvented as weekly chapter by chapter releases oh hell yeah <laughs> i wondered if you might say serialize that, that. <laughs> it's not a it's not a terrible question right this this is not the stupidest <laughs> question we got we'll we'll get to the end of the stormlight archive in 2252 <laughs> <laughs> it's uh this is um it's a stupid question in the way that, um, who was, I think I was reading, uh, gosh, it was some like economist. It might've been Tom Sowell who said, uh, a, a problem isn't a problem if it has no solution. Um, you, you know, which, uh, you know, is a little bit of a tongue in cheek saying, but, but the idea being like, like, Hey, let's not waste our time on something that will never happen. So this is a stupid question only in that it will never happen. Um, but like in theory, it's a great question. I love, I love this idea. Um, and it kind of gets to the debate. There's a current debate happening right now, Drew, about streaming titles. Should they be released oh, yeah. all at once a la Netflix or should they be released week uh, on week a la pretty much everybody else these days? Um, and frankly, I really like the weekly releases when it comes to streaming. Now, yeah. granted, you're talking about an eight episode TV show, you know, or a 10 episode TV show versus, uh, you know, 118 chapters in a Stormlight book or 175 <laughs> chapters in a Stormlight book, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it's a, it's a little different that way. But, you know, you could you could rework a Stormlight book to fit a weekly release model and get it out in a year. Right. So so it's <coughs> excuse me. It's still not a stupid not a stupid idea. And I like the idea because for the same reason that I like the streaming side of it, it builds anticipation. It builds participation. Um, the, yeah. the audience participation, both with the author and with each other, especially with each other, right? Um, the theory crafting, the, you know, the, you, you know, you get your chapter on Monday morning and by Saturday night, everybody is just, you know, they're all over social media going completely crazy for the next chapter. Like, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, and then and then when you get to the end of it, you've got the book. The book is out. It's, you know, it, kind of the same yeah. way the streaming works now. Hey, you don't want to do the weekly release thing? Just wait another month or two and all the episodes will be out. And you can watch it. You can binge it like it was on Netflix, you know, so you can have the best of both worlds. Yeah, honestly, I totally agree with that. I I think that'd be a ton of fun. Any other any other thoughts on that? You you might get some uh some really crazy stories out of it as well because if mm -hmm. if you're working on that short of a deadline as a writer, you are you are going to end up releasing things that aren't per these perfectly polished diamonds. Right. 
you know, the way you get with a, a traditionally published novel that has like a two year lead time <laughs> and has, you know, a half dozen editors look it over and beta readers and alpha readers and gamma readers. And you know, it, it's, it, it's a completely different production right. process at that point. Um, Little so. Red Book makes the, the comment in the chat, Dickens and Dumas both wrote this way, which is true. This was definitely yeah. a thing that happened, you know, when novels were getting published kind of in the broadsheets, uh, so to speak. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. th this was something that happened 100, 150, 200 years ago, but not so much these days. Um, I also, you speaking to your point of it would change the structure and it changed the, the concept of storytelling. Um, I love, one of the ways that I love that TV has changed storytelling is the idea of, um, of the cliffhanger. That it, obviously, obviously it exists in plenty of novels, but there are a lot of novels out there that could benefit greatly from the idea of a, a cliffhanger uh, and, you know, not stringing the audience along forever, but giving them some resolution as you continue on through the story. So I'm thinking of a TV show like 24, right? Yeah, okay, now we're going back into my childhood. Not, not quite childhood, I gosh. I'm so old. I was an adult when 24 came out. Um, but like, like 24, it was 24 episodes, but every episode had some kind of thing to pull you into the next episode. And wouldn't it yeah. be interesting if novels were structured more that way, where, you know, at the end of every chapter, there's something that hooks you. It doesn't have to be an action beat. It doesn't have to be whatever, yeah. but something to hook you and, and pull you along. Now I'm trying to remember what it was, but there was a book we covered on Inking Out Loud. It may have been, it may have been Dresden, a Dresden book or Mistborn or something, but I remember Rob complaining <laughs> about this book. Because Rob, like Rob complained chapter, about something? <laughs> but it was every chapter ended on a cliffhanger and he was like, this is getting yeah. old. But when it's packaged in that, one single novel format. Yes, that gets old. But when it's serialized like that, weekly mm. releases, that would be effective in a way that it, it just isn't in a different format. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, Drew, let's wrap it up. Um, and so I'm going to ask you for your okay. final thought. Do you have anything nice or mean to say about me that is not true? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... Craig is a man of such discerning furniture taste. <laughs> he has the most comfortable bed in the basement. You know what, Drew? First of all, F you, man. Uh, and second of all, I just bought a new bed so that the one that Ooh. I was sleeping on is now in the guest room that you will be sleeping on. Score! So you have yourself a, a real live... Uh, human person mattress. So, yeah, that futon down there is like it's comfortable to lie on for Ten like minutes. an hour or so. Yeah, but sleeping like there's just no give to that thing. <laughs> That's why I love it. All right, Drew, what else you got? Do you, anything? Yeah. Anything mean you want to say about me? That was pretty mean. That was that was uh, very mean. <laughs> I was going for the two for one there. <laughs> All right, we'll call it a two for one. We'll call it there, Drew. <laughs> Thanks for spinning the wheel with me. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, thanks for having me I know me that on. these are uh, these are favorite episodes for a lot of listeners. And so um, as I asked for stupid questions, I got a lot of stupid questions. And we have now delivered to you a very stupid episode. So I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, this is This is hopefully among the more fun episodes we've ever done. But let's not... Let's not mince words here. This is one of the stupidest episodes we've ever done, um, for which we thank you. So, uh, Drew, thanks again. Everybody, go to thelegendarium.com. Go check out the Patreon link there. Go check out the Discord link. Um, the By the way, the only people who were allowed in the live chat were our patrons, um, because I shared that link in the patron-only Discord channel. So there's your plug for a reason to join our uh, Patreon. Drew, where can people go to find you and join your Patreon channel? 
Uh, yeah. So our Patreon is just patreon.com slash inking out loud. That's uh, inking We have IOL. Uh, yeah, we have IOLpodcast.com is our, you know, our main website. Although I, I don't think it's been updated in a little while. I got to, I got to wheel back around on that. Um, we had a, a little bit of upheaval as my co-host left yeah. the show this summer. Is that, um, was that because of your furniture or was it some, something else? Or? <laughs> uh, it, it was a Canadian okay, thing. Okay, something about uh, being Canadian. Yeah. Then. yeah, something, something about the Canadian yeah, Air Force. Sense. Uh, yeah, but, but you can also find, uh, you know, a link to our discord on our Twitter account, which is at IOL podcast. We, we have a very fun discord, a lot of overlap between us and the legendarium. Uh, you know, you know what I like to good say community, good little corner this, of the internet. Yeah. Our corner of the internet is where sci-fi fantasy fans go to let their hair down, have a good time, enjoy each other's company. Um, your corner of the internet, like you say, lots of overlap, but it's actually useful, which we stay really far away <laughs> from, but you guys do writing sprints. You guys, you know, you like, you're actually, yeah. you're working over there, which. Yeah. We have an active writing yeah. group. Uh, we do monthly short story. Just, it's my, my uh, we, literal, we have my one... literal nightmare drew. I can't, I just. Yeah. <laughs> we already have one person who wrote a novel this there summer. Uh, he, he had never written a book before and he just decided, hey, I'm going to do this. And it was so awesome. There you go, everybody. Go, so, go check yeah. him out. You know, we appreciate you all listening and, uh, and supporting both of the podcasts. Drew, I will talk to you later, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, Greg.